What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the High Wrestling Podcast. I'm pretty high as it is, because I just did three bowls back-to-back. So I don't really know what type of episode you're going to get. It's mainly just a story time slash recap of the past three wrestling shows I went to, because I didn't vlog any of it. I just wanted to be there and enjoy these shows, and I also worked one of them. So, not much content was created around these shows. And for those that follow me on social media, I already know why. But, I will say, anything that's, like, gone up content-wise, whether it's on this podcast, Stone Simmer, or Hanging with Evil, it's already been scheduled and queued up to go out prior to what I'm about to tell you guys, but if you don't follow me on social media and aren't aware of why I haven't really been posting content, I recently found out, I just hit my elbow on the table, that's not what I recently found out though, but unfortunately my cousin was recently killed, um, he was DJing at a club and he was like getting something to eat after his set and then somebody drove by bullet went through his back and pierced his heart he ran into the street collapsed and then a drunk driver came and yeah And it's been, like, hard on so many levels. And it's one of those things where I feel like it's going to take me a very long time to get over it. If I ever get over it, because it was just so sudden. I, like, Saturday... I'm at Ugwa. I'm having a good time with the homies. I'm watching some bomb-ass wrestling. The next morning, my mom calls me. And, like... Yeah. So, it's been hard. It's been very hard. And as of me sitting here recording this, the funeral is Saturday, and it's going to be hard as fuck. Because, you know when people say they feel like a part of their childhood has died? I feel like I can take that literally, because it's somebody I've known since I was two years old. Like, I've, I grew up with you. I went to high school with you. I went to your baby shower for your very first kid, you know? And it sucks because, like, with life, you kind of drift apart. And, like, you go into different social circles and shit. But. He was a very good person. And he did everything for his kids. 
He did so much, but it was all for his kids at the end of the day. And that's why I, I just want to honor him as just always being a good person. And I hope you guys don't mind me just taking a minute to vent about it, but... Yeah, it's just weird. It's a weird timeline. It's been a very weird year thus far. But yeah, uh, everybody that's like reached out with condolences definitely appreciated, and I thank you guys. It's um, yeah, yeah. So pretty much. When it comes to, like, future episodes and, like, vlogs and stuff, and even, like, wrestling training, I'm pretty much gonna wait until, like, this all passes, because as of me sitting down and recording this, the funeral is this Saturday, and I'm probably not gonna be good for a minute, so... When I get to a point of feeling good or feeling like I can put out content or more content, I will. I just wanted to kind of put this episode out as kind of like an update for those who don't follow me on social media. Because not everybody has social media, but there are people who stumble across the show and are probably like, what's going on? But that's what's going on. But yeah. Yeah. And then after Hood Slam, I got bit. So someone came and busted my driver's side window. And luckily, I had nothing in my car besides the fucking skeleton. But, yeah, nothing important got stolen because I don't really keep anything in my car. It just, it's an inconvenience to just not have a driver's side window for a week because Monday I get my window fixed. But still, it was kind of just like, you make an impulsive decision to go to a wrestling show and you leave the wrestling show and come home to your, or not come home, you come back to your car, your window's busted and your trunk is open. And you're in the middle of downtown Oakland, so you're not trying to clean the glass off your seat. So you got to sit on broken glass and freeze your ass off because... You literally left Oakland in a panic. Yeah. So that's been, like, my past two weeks. It's not been fun. It's not been good. Mental health is at, like, an all-time low. But it's not, like... 
call for help bad. It's kind of just like, wow, life sucks and I could really use a win at the moment. But I think I got my win. I think I got the win that I needed, the reinvigoration that I needed. It just, funerals suck. And I'm not really, not really looking forward to a funeral. That's really the only thing that sucks right now. It's just I'm not really looking forward to a funeral. Geico can replace my window, but you kind of already know where I'm going to go with the other thing that can't be replaced. So I'm going to leave it there. But, um, yeah. Fun story time. Also, I just left out the another big reason as to why content has slowed down and it's because I'm back in the world of employment and I don't have the flexibility to get to shows without requesting time off because I work weird hours at this new job and my days off are at the beginning of the week and not even from a place of being biased, but realistically, without taking time off, putting in a request for time off, or calling out of work, the main wrestling shows I can make are Hood Slam. When they're at the Continental Club, and they start at 9 p.m. Because that's how I made Hood Slam, Lonely Are the Hunted. You know, I sacrificed sleep the next day, but there you go. There you go. But yeah, um, probably just don't have the flexibility to make as many shows without putting in a request for time off and it just depends on how I'm scheduled because I have a very all over the place schedule and a lot of the times I'm off like right when shows start which kind of suck but if they're in the South Bay there's a slim chance I'm more likely to make it with this new lifestyle of mine, if you will. But, you know, it's nice to not work Mondays from time to time. It's nice to just wake up on a Monday morning and not do that like sleep in but the job is awesome everyone's awesome it's going well we have a cat we have two cats but only one cat is social the other one hides occasionally I post about the cat but man I will say it's just nice to like be able to go to work and not hate my job 
because here here's the thing about what I do. If you are upset about things not going your way, you brought that attitude into the store before you even approached my desk. So please, there's a lot of things in my pay grade, but attitudes and temper tantrums, not involved, that was not in the employee agreement. However, if people need materials for fans bringing the weapons or just any weapons wrestling related weapons I know a place and I'm gonna leave it at that But yeah, speaking of fans bringing the weapons and matches with weapons, let's discuss Ugwa to live and die in SJ. I think that was that was one of the shows that gave off one of the most chill vibes. Like, it was just good vibes all around. Good energy, good people, good matches. I loved it. It was nice to just, like, like every once in a while, I like to just go to a show and not vlog it. Like, occasionally I'll post on my story or I'll get clips to just post on Instagram. But not, like worry about it's nice to go to a show and not have to worry about getting content to like actually enjoy the show loved it loved everything about it and not even just because i'm high i've literally been talking about them non-stop for weeks but that burger joint that kind of catered the event slash was just popped up at narrative fermentations smack burger I've been thinking about that burger for weeks and the beauty of that burger was I got it but there was no place to sit down and eat it because I wasn't gonna stand ringside and eat the burger But when I got home, after all the smoking and the socializing, let me tell you, that burger did indeed smack. But no, I, you know, despite waking up to the bad news the next day, I had so much fun. It was such a fun show. Oh my gosh. Hold on. 
Damn it. Okay, we're back. Dave Dutra versus Serza. One of my favorite matches of the night. Serza is unreal. I've seen what he does at Oasis Pro and then seeing him at Ugwa, like. Okay, when it comes to wrestling, I am someone that is very easily impressed. Because, first of all, you guys are all doing more than what I'm doing in my life. I mean, I'm working on getting there, but you all are at a different level. So I'm going to respect the hustle, the grind, the dedication, the passion, regardless of what you do. I mean, I'm getting there slowly but surely, but that's not the point. What The point that I'm trying to make is essentially, it only took two matches for Serza to impress me. Two matches and a promo. Like, that man is fucking talented. And then, Jordan Blue, Richie Coy, Big Baby baby Powder. Listen, more people need to book Richie Coy on their shows. Because they, again, much like Serza, underrated, talented. I've never been disappointed when I see Richie Coy in the ring. Also, super nice person. They're amazing at what they do and the looks that they serve in the ring like you have talent and you have looks and the hair three for three three for three money power respect and world's freshest tag team as well I'm not biased when I say Money, Power, Respect is honestly one of my one of the best tag teams and one of my favorite tag teams in the East Bay. Another one of my favorite matches of that night was Money, Power, Respect versus World Freshest Tag Teams. There's tag team wrestling and then there's what NPR and World's Freshest Tag Team did in the ring at Ugwa that night unreal shit blew my fucking mind that is tag team fucking wrestling like first off I can't there's no level of praise like there's no like limit no cap on the level of praise that I can give to Alpha Zoe because I think from every independent show I started working this year he's been on almost every card this man is insane 
the versatility. Because I've seen him West Coast Pro Ugwa Hood Slam. The versatility. How he adapt ow, my elbow. How he adapts to every different style. Like the man is his mind. His ring awareness, his mind. And then MPR just dominant. Beyond dominant. Whether they win, lose, dominant. Powerful. That's that's where the power comes from. But no, I one of my favorite tag teams. Jordan Cruz and Nick Xander, also insane. Both underrated. Super underrated. Because I think I first... I definitely saw Nick Xander at... For the first time at... Uh, Morgatia 2. Back in June. And then Jordan Cruz, I think I first saw him at Oasis Pro. No, West Coast Pro in February. Both men talented. I forget who Jordan Cruz fought or wrestled at West Coast Pro back in February, but that was one of the standout matches for me, if I'm being honest. But both both men super underrated. Also, put Nick Xander in a Pantene commercial. And get back to me. I wasn't expecting the title change though. That was um. Yeah. No. I, that was unexpected. See and that's one of the reasons why. I just sometimes. Like going to wrestling shows. And just enjoying them. As a fan. Because it's like. It's one thing. To film, or not film, it's one thing to be at a show and be in the mindset of like, oh, I'm filming content for the vlog, I'm filming content for the podcast. And then it's another thing to just go to a show, have a good time, enjoy yourself, enjoy some fucking wrestling. Because you never know what could happen. I mean, either scenario, you never really know what could happen, but especially when you're there as a fan... Unexpected shit like that. Now. Listen. Listen. I'm going. I don't think this was the match order exactly. I'm just going in order of what was announced on Instagram. Because it was like. A lot has happened between Agua and now. So. Don't come for me for not being in the match order, please. Um, Midas Creed and Kenny K versus THC. Now, another underrated trio, THC. All talented individually, but as a unit, gold. But... To see Midas Creed on the other side of THC, teaming with Kenny K, another another reason why going to a show 
as a fan, not worrying worrying about getting content, because it's the way that I was like so invested in the match. I didn't even want to like take my phone out because there was so much like storytelling there. And then again, same amount of praise to Kenny K because much like Alpha Zoe, I think from every independent show I've been to this year, he's been on almost every card. And the shit that he can do in the air, like, I feel like, you know that episode of The Office where they thought they were doing parkour? That's how I feel compared to Kenny K. Because I do yoga, and it's like parkour. It's as active as I am. I need to get more active outside of yoga, but at least, you know, I'm flexible. To, well, to be fair, the job that I have is an active job. I'm, like, on my feet all the time. So it's not like I'm not active. But let me tell you... Let me tell you how powerful I feel when I'm pulling carts... Of flooring and tile mulch shit's heavy but damn if I don't close my fucking rings on my Apple watch by the end of my shift let me tell you back to why we're here at the first in the first place but you know what Kenny K can do in the ring because I'm gonna get a, a little ahead of myself right now but I just want to jump to what he did at Hood Slam, Lonely Are the Hunted. He, like, used the DJ booth in the midst of one of his moves. That man, what go... His mind. His mind. His his cerebral. His cranium. Also super nice. All of... Everybody that I've mentioned and will mention are just really nice people i can't get over it so nice i feel like i shouldn't say that because like you know characters and gimmicks but I, these are really good people i can't praise them enough But yeah, no, THC, a very talented trio. I did their interview for uh, Full Queer, um, Snapback, and it was probably one of, like, the funniest promos I've ever, like, recorded. Promos slash interviews I've recorded. Hilarious. And then we had Rob Shit versus Lazarus. Very entertaining. I do like Lazarus's character because for some reason it reminds me of Mars Attacks. At least his shirt reminds me of Mars Attacks. But that weird, creepy, like gory, disgusting shit, I'm all for it. So I'm with the gimmick. I'm with the character. I don't know too much about Rob shit, but um I am seeing on social media stuff about Lazarus's birthday show and I wish that I lived in Vegas or anywhere nearby or could get there in time because 
that shit sounds like it's gonna be so much fun. But yeah. And then there was the graveyard shift versus Lida J and the mystery partner who ended up being Jaya Jewel. Which I love graveyard shift. Another one of my favorites. Another one of my favorite tag teams. In the independent scene. And I feel like the podcast is more going to shift towards the independent scene in NorCal. Since I've become so invested and involved with it. It's not like I'm not keeping up with what's happening. Like in WWE and AEW. I just care about certain people in WWE and AEW. And I just watch the highlights on YouTube. But this don't be surprised if this just shifts to Northern California independent wrestling. We could expand, too, but you never know. Yeah. Graveyard Shift, another one of my favorite tag teams in Northern California. And speaking of, like, someone's mind and their creativity, Doc Atrocity, a fucking legend. And his memes, iconic. Also, Doc, if you're listening, if somebody can share this with him, I do want to get a tattoo from him at some point. It's now on my bucket list. I'm itching for a tattoo. The tattoo gun has been calling me by my government name for years at this point. I used to have a tradition where I would get a tattoo every year on my birthday. But that got really expensive. So. I haven't done it in a while. I need to. But yeah. That was a very fun match. I love the character work that's happening. And Lida J is one to watch. He, I think I could be wrong. He might have recently debuted. I could be very wrong. But that's a talented motherfucker right there. Not even gonna lie to you. But overall, the show as a whole is was amazing. And everything that Boss Man comes up with for Ugwa is just, if we're really talking about somebody's mind and their creativity, we gotta give it to Boss Man, because every Ugwa show I've been to, I've, okay, I've only been to two, but both of them, just, like, the creativity... The talent, just everything that goes into Ugwa, I just love the energy and the vibes of being at an Ugwa show. Literally, hail Ugwa. More people need to come out to Ugwa shows, especially the next one. I think the next one is Devil's Night on the 29th. I'm making that one regardless because I did get my costume in the mail. I said I was going to be like three different things. But, really, I'm just only going to be China. 
I got the vest in the mail. And I got the glasses. It's about to be a look, a vibe. So excited for Halloween. I have no idea. I mean, me, Halloween is year round in my house, but still. But yeah, Agua, more people need to be going to Agua, more people need to be hearing about Agua. Definitely subscribe to their YouTube channel if you're in the. San Jose or San Francisco area and Ugwa's going on, don't miss it. The next one is at the Emporium in San Francisco. So, if they're in San Francisco, it's at the Emporium. If they're in San Jose, it's Narrative Fermentations. And I'm not just saying any of these compliments and putting all of these people over from a place of bias. I, I'm truly entertained by all of these talented people and they deserve all the praise that myself and everyone else included gives them because every time I see these people and I've seen all of these wrestlers and the wrestlers that I'm going to mention on multiple occasions and they impress me every single time there's no explaining there's no context, like, it's just always impressive. Always impressive. So, shout out everybody at Ugwa, shout out to Boss Man Slash for doing everything he does, the booking, the commentary, coming up with the ideas and the concepts. Can't wait to see what you get up to at Devil's Night, and I also... Can't wait to see what you come up with in 2024. You deserve the success, my dude. Honestly. Now, Hood Slam. about my window getting busted because of how much fun I had at Hood Slam, but also there's literally nothing in my car that's worth stealing if I'm being honest. Did you want a toiletry bag? Did you want napkins? Do you want an ashtray? You want shopping bags for your groceries? There's, when I tell you, nothing of importance. I mean, obviously, the stuff I need is in there for the car to be able to drive it and not go to jail. But, like, I'm not going to leave a Nintendo Switch in my car. Or a pair of shoes. But, you know, it, it, 
that's that's not me coming from a place of oh I'm better than people who leave shit in their cars. No, it it literally if you're in Oakland, it's guaranteed to happen. Which is why I'm like not surprised that it happened to me and I'm not really that mad that it happened to me because I knew at some point being at Hood Slam or being in Oakland it would happen to me. Because it happened so much, you can't really say it couldn't be me. Until it is. I knew at some point it was coming. It just happened, like, I thought it would happen way earlier. I really thought I would get bipped way earlier. All the hood slams that I went to prior to this. All the times I've been in Oakland prior to this, and it happens now. That's what surprises me most about the whole ordeal. But Geico is paying for it, so I'm not even tripping. It's just inconvenience to have a piece of cardboard in your driver's side window instead of, you know, a window. But yeah, it has not been my week the past two weeks. And that's fine, because I'm still alive. I still have a car. It's still drivable. I just, I don't need any more events to happen between, you know, now and the rest of the year. Because my capacity for a lot of shit has just... But anyways, Hood Slam. I had a really good time. Do I remember a lot of Hood Slam? No. Um. What I do remember. Off the top of my head. This is. Off the top of my head. It was a three way between Richard Schnary. I keep correcting myself mid-sentence, which is why it kind of sounds like I'm stuttering. I'm actually correcting myself. And Richard Schnary, El Chupacabra, and Kenny K in a triple threat. The Caution versus the Emo Heads. Amazing tag team work in that one. On both parts. Tech teams were, like, heavily showcased on this Hood Slam, and I loved it. I loved it. As a tag team enthusiast, it's one of my favorite things to see. There was also Milo and Mighty Myra versus the Stoner Brothers, another really good tag match of the night. Hop Daddy versus Joe DeSoul opened the show. One of the greatest singles matches I've ever seen in my life. Alpha Zoe had a one-on-one -on -one with somebody, but I can't remember wh who it was. Why can I not remember who it was right now?
I am absolutely drawing a blank on who Alpha Zoe had a one-on-one -on -one match with, but I know that the emo heads came and stomped him out after, which led to the caution versus the emo heads. And then at the end of the night, Brutal Rob Hands versus James C. But, you know, it was actually, it was the first wrestling show I had been to since I got the news. And I was kind of like, I probably should go to kind of like lift my spirits kind of get my mind off things, which it did help, and everybody who, like, saw me and interacted with me ringside, that helped me and made me feel good more than you realize, because there was a song that came up on Shuffle on the way to the show that made me think of my cousin, and I was kind of, like, a wreck before I even got to the show, so it was very nice to see everybody and be entertained and kind of just enjoy the show as a fan and not worry about vlogging it. But, more of my favorite tag teams, the Starner Brothers, probably one of the best tag teams in Northern California, and nobody's saying that, like, literally go watch the Starner Brothers wrestle, and then get back to me. These, those two are unreal. And fucking Rick Scott's swantons? Insane. In fucking insane. Oh my god. I think I have a clip of it, if not in a vlog, but on my Instagram. Also, shout out to Vipress, another one of my favorites. Super talented. Like, Vipress is one of those wrestlers, like, you just never know when she's going to strike. Like, it's strictly, you never know what you're going to get. It's super, not in a bad way, but it's just, like, super unexpected. Like, she surprises me every time, and that's what I mean when I say she's super unexpected. And then another one of my favorites, Brooke Havoc. Oh, that girl is gonna go places. Let me tell you, she is so talented. She's going places. She is going places. Probably one of the best on the West Coast. And I feel like there's a reason she's always booked and busy. It's the talent. She's so fucking talented. Also super nice, but super fucking talented. He's a double champ, too, so that's, like, not surprising. Not shocking, in the least.
Jaguar Montoya and Joey Gonzo had a promo as well. It's all, it's like slowly coming to me. like that's really it from like what I can remember I feel like there was more if that wasn't the whole show but my favorite matches of the night honestly Hop Daddy versus Joda Soul The Caution versus the Emo Heads and Milo and Myra versus the Stoner Brothers Milo was also a favorite of mine. She is so talented. Super good at what she does. Character work. Down to the in-ring work. There. The real fucking deal. But yeah. Shout out to everybody at Hood Slam. Because. Like I said. Every time I go. I have a good time. I'm never disappointed when I'm at Hood Slam. Although the only time I was disappointed was when I found out that they only take card at the Continental Club the night that I had cash. And it's not like I I drink often, but the one time I wanted to drink, I had cash and they only took card. I was in pain. But that was it. That was really the only time I was upset. But yeah, it's just, I love it. I never have a bad time at Hood Slam. I'm entertained. I am, not not to be that person, but I am very much sports entertained because there's the storytelling. What keeps me coming back to Hood Slam and also Ugwa is the storytelling. It's there. I love it. I love to see it. I would love, I'm going to probably stream Fuck the Fans. I can't be there physically, unfortunately. But next time Hood Slam's at the Continental Club and I'm off at a decent hour, I will probably be there. Yeah, that's what I got for that one. Now, finally, we gotta talk full queer, because what blows my mind, and I wish I was bragging, but what blows my mind is that I started this podcast two years ago because I watched wrestling in a movie theater. And thought it was the coolest shit in the world. To working a wrestling show at the Folsom Street Fair in front of like a hundred thousand people in two years to be at this point is something that like 
it's hard to wrap my head around, but not in a bad way. It's kind of like, wow, I got here. That's crazy. I can't wrap my head around it, but it's crazy. It's wild. But I'm not going to sit up here and act like it's not super fucking cool at the same time. Because, like, the show ran the whole there. There were so many matches. And I both managed and commentated on the show. And it was a very surreal experience. I feel like that's the point I'm trying to make. When I say, I started this podcast because I watched wrestling in a movie theater to managing a tag team and working commentary on a wrestling show in front of 100,000 people at a, I don't know how many hour long festival, but the amount of dicks that I saw before 12 p.m., not even 12 p.m., maybe even 11 a.m., 10.30, to be polite. Crazy. Insane. But yeah, Full Queer was at the Folsom Street Fair, and it was definitely, like, I was, I'm not even gonna lie to you. The dicks, the titties, all the naked people, all the kinks, all the bondage. I was desensitized to all of that. I was just happy to be there. I was grateful to be there because it's something that I never thought I would ever be doing in my life. Ever. Let alone in front of people getting handjobs and fucking on the side of the street. Because where else could you get wrestling and people getting their brains fucked out two feet away the Folsom Street Fair it was beautiful it was a beautiful experience uh something freaky literally just happened um my DVDs are, you know, pushed in. Beetlejuice just, like, slid out. It Within my entire DVD collection, the only DVD that slid out on its own I may add, on its own, Beetlejuice just slid out on its own. What does that mean? I mean, it is Halloween. I I should be more concerned with that than I actually am.
That was so weird. That literally made me lose my train of thought. But yeah, no, full queer. Um, why is this not scaring me more than it should? I am confused more than anything. What the hell? Anyways. Yeah. There were so many people that came to see Full Queer at the Folsom Street Fair. It was insane. And, like, managing a tag team and actually, like, getting involved in some in-ring action. Insane. Crazy to think about. It's something that, like, I still can't wrap my head around. But I'm also, like, not shocked either. But yeah, I managed Adventures in Science, which consists of Darwin Finch, Laura Frazier, and Kid Isaac. And it was so cool. It was so fucking cool. Shout out to the three of them for letting me be their manager. And also shout out to El Chupacabra, Jin Savani, and Chris Nasty for also being awesome. Like, every, that match was such a rush. I don't want to spoil what I did because it's not on the YouTube yet. But once it hits the YouTube, I will be sharing the clips and whatnot. And I also did commentary for, like, the remainder of the show. And that was also awesome to do. It was fun. It was, it was nervous. I was nervous at first. It was nerve-wracking at first. But once you get the hang of it, it's like riding a bike. But overall, it was so awesome to be working on a wrestling show on that level of that caliber. And to be doing that only two years into the podcast is crazy to think about. So, man, there were so many matches that happened that day. I can't even, like, man. Brooke Havoc versus Giselle Shaw was definitely up there because Circling back to how surreal it was to be working a wrestling show of this caliber only two years into the podcast, Giselle Shaw is literally an impact wrestling superstar. And to have commentated her match involving one of my favorite wrestlers in the Northern California scene, Brooke Havoc. 
that's like one of those things you kind of just hold because it that's that was the moment when it really sunk in for me what I'm doing with this show with this career it was kind of like wow my favorite wrestler and a literal impact wrestling superstar and I'm on commentary for this match So, definitely in terms of commentary, I want to shout out Jackie Orange and Dingle. Because, one, they're fucking hilarious on commentary. Two, it was so easy and it flowed so well. And I became less nervous the more we kind of like bounced off of each other. But yeah, without them, I probably would have, without, like, Jackie vouching for me, I probably never would have hopped on the commentary table. And then I also want to shout out Jetta, Rosie Fingers, for even, like, getting me this far. Talk about somebody's mind. Jetta does so much for full queer, let alone LGBTQ representation in the wrestling sphere. So, we have a legend in the making. And then, what everybody else alongside Jetta is doing, Marco, Ellie, Ryan, Rachel, words cannot describe how grateful I am and I'm not saying that to be cliche but like just two years into doing the podcast again I never thought I would be this far in doing what I'm doing with you guys so it's just thank you again I cannot put into words how grateful I am to know these people and to work with these people and to praise these people constantly every time because I, I just love this shit it's so fun wrestling is fun and full queer is a promotion that just continues to prove that wrestling can be fun it can be wholesome it can be chaotic it can be whatever you want it to be like full queer I would say is a mix of everything and that's what I love about it because everybody has a chance to shine regardless of where you're at in life whatever you identify as whatever your sexuality is you're free to be who you want in full queer and it's fucking awesome I love it I love seeing it and they bring the talent because speaking of matches more matches circling back to Anton because the match that he had with Keita Murray oh my god that was that was really good that was a really good match here we go I have to pull up the receipts because I don't remember I don't remember oh gosh Oh, jeez, Rick. 
Oh. Jaguar, Cliff, and Parm Singmon. Iconic triple threat match right there. MPR versus MSP. I keep telling you guys about MPR. They put on a tag team classic. So did the City Boys and the Stoner Brothers. Rosie Fingers versus Beatrice was also a really good match. And then I loved that they had like some fun gimmick matches. Like there was literally Shredder versus Casey Jones, Thor and Loki versus Ken and Allen from the Barbie movie. Like this is what I mean where you can when I say that you can do whatever the fuck you want and be whoever the fuck you want in full queer shit like that I love that shit I will say I still have not seen Barbie I'm so sorry I I don't get it I don't get the references I don't get the jokes I don't get the memes I still haven't seen it because to be fair my aunt wants to do a Barbie party where we rent it and me, her, and her mom all watch it. We get food, turn into like a girls' night thing. So I haven't, I've been holding out for that. But yeah, there were so many matches. I lost the match card. No, I mean, I can pull it up. What did I mean? I lost it. I can literally go pull it up. Okay, there was Night Court versus Leather Daddy and Rubber Baby. Entertaining. Mike Perro versus Brian Baum. Um, I'm very glad that I wore black for the occasion because Brian Baum sacrificed his life and his career in that match with Perro. He's alive and well. For sure, but um, he was bold. That was a bold choice. Brian Bob made. He survived. He lived to tell the tale. They. He, they. I should have probably started with they. I'm sorry if I misgendered you, Brian Bob. We also had the Riddler versus Richie Coy, which, circling back to Richie Coy's talent, The Harvey Milk and Sylvester Tag Team Championships. Okay, that was... Listen, listen. Not expecting Milo Boo Barbie to drop the titles to Monsters on a Mission. Although, I should have saw it coming. At Snapback. See, even though... I work with Full Queer. I'm on the team. I'm still shocked when they do things. I love the element of surprise. Like, the less I know, the better. Like, I, I obviously want to be knowing. I want to know what I'm doing. In terms of, like, working with them. But, I love the element of surprise when it comes to the matches. And the booking. Because I wasn't... Do you know how shocked I was? 
I had to record the match for um Brutal Rob and I feel like you can hear my shock. You might not be able to, but I I feel like you can hear my shock. I was very shocked. I was very surprised. And then there was the softcore match with Izzy McQueen and LED. And you may be wondering, what's a softcore match? And I will tell you. A softcore match involves squishmallows and plushies. And that's all you need to know. That's everything you need to know. I don't need to elaborate further. Then they had the title for title, Fallen Flower Kikio versus Eliza Hammer. Kikio is another one of my favorites. They're super talented. Super, super talented. Then it was the Lucha Rules 3-Way, which I was the manager of Adventures in Science. And then the Lone Star Championship, Rosie Fingers versus Beatrice Domino. Rosie Fingers is still the interim Lone Star Champion, which I feel like it'll be her and Anton down the line at some point, because Anton never lost the title. He just hurt his knee. He hurt his knee saving the world, so we can't really be mad at him. And then, um... Harm Singmon, Cliff Hendricks, Jaguar Montoya, Triple Threat. Falls count anywhere for the UGWA Championships. Graveyard Shift versus the Creeps. Princess of Pride Championship, which means anybody can win the title. It's gender neutral. Brooke Havoc, Giselle Shaw. Then MSP versus NPR, Anton Voorhees versus Keita Murray, Stoner Brothers versus City Boys, Ashton Starr versus Christina Von Erie. It was a triple threat Wondercats. Why am I drawing a blank? Wondercats versus Cutie and the Beast versus Otis and Doc Atrocity. Shredder versus Casey Jones, and then there was a diaper destruction derby. It was a beautiful show. It was excellent. I loved every minute of it. I had so much fun. It was such a rush. And I do take everybody's compliments and feedback to heart. Not in, not the, not that it's like bad criticism or anything, but like I really do take it to heart and listen to all the feedback and comments that I get. So it definitely does help. 
in terms of me doing what I do when it comes to the show. It just unforeseen, unfortunate circumstances happen, but, um, as much as it sucks, this is life. We have to go through these things. And, you know, I'm going to be mourning. I'm going to be grieving for a long time because this is not something you move on from overnight. But at least I'm at a point where I understand this is just a part of life. Loss is a part of life as much as it sucks because life is not perfect. It's not linear. It was just his time. He did what he had to do on this earth. And I can't fault him for it. But he did leave behind some beautiful children, I will say that. My cousin. But yeah. Again, big thank you to everybody at Full Queer for keeping me involved. Because I have so much fun with you guys. And I can't wait to do it all again. Yeah. But yeah, again, big thank you to everybody at Hood Slam as well as Ugwa too. Um... I hope I put everybody over and I hope everybody feels the love and feels the support because I just have so much fun doing this. I'm very appreciative and grateful for the fact that I'm this far in what I'm doing. It's it's just so fun and everybody's so nice. I'm also really high and probably repeating myself, but the gratitude and the love for everybody is there. So, thank you to everybody who reached out with condolences and everybody for just being super awesome, super cool, talented, just... You don't need to hear me say it, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Keep on doing what you guys are doing, because... There's a reason that I and many other fans keep showing up to these shows. Because everybody's super fucking talented. And you can see that everybody loves what they do when they get into the ring every single time. Trust and believe there's a reason that your guys' fans keep coming back. Especially me. And I'm not even biased. I just love good wrestling. And every time I see these people, I see good wrestling. If not amazing wrestling. I've not been disappointed once. It's all love. I'm going to go to bed now because it's about 12.30 in the morning. And I still got to work. Thankfully at 1pm, but I still got to work. So... One final thank you to everybody for being so awesome, so great, and I will see everybody hopefully in a couple weeks, in a few weeks, once everything behind the scenes passes and I get to a good point.
of acceptance in the grieving process. But thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to do what I do. And motivating me to keep continuing to do what I do. Wrestler, listener, friend, supporter, however you consider yourself. You make an impact on my life, whether you realize it or not. And for that, I am grateful. Good night. Or morning, because it's 12 in the morning.